Um, I've got to shake hands with some presidents. Uh, I've got to say hi to some celebrities. And there's always this, this, this uh, f- not fear that I have, but like being in a conversation with someone that like is someone you don't know. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that, that situation. I found myself in that situation. <laughs> I, I was behind the podium and I was talking, you know, sometimes when it's a little bit more relaxed and it's not so crazy and we don't have to get all these cars. I just love having conversation with the people there. And I was talking to this guy. He had this really big orange beard, okay? And we're talking and he was with his girlfriend or his wife. And uh, we're just talking about life. And he's, he's telling me how he's enjoying staying at, at the resort. And then I like... I'm just acting myself. I'm kind of joking around with them, you know, because if you know it's like someone special, you kind of act a little bit different. And I don't know if you do that, but I do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's like someone. Anyway, I, like, remember leaving, and I got a car, and I came back, and my buddy was like, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, who was it? And he was like, dude, that, that was Justin Turner. And I'm like, who's, who's Justin Turner? I, I have no idea who that is. They're like, do you not watch baseball? Do you not like the Dodgers? I'm like, oh, it's the Dodgers. That's, that's why. But, <laughs> but I, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't, I had no idea the person that I was in conversation with. Not that he's some great person or some, something special, but he has a different perspective of status in, in the world we live in. And he, he would be considered a celebrity, right? And I could tell, like, as soon as, I remember they got the, a lot of times we say, hey, VIP, VIP, like, we need, like, a shuttle. And for VIP, it's just whoever's in line has to wait there's like we'll go and get that person first and so I remember like thinking about that afterwards and I was like man it's it's so interesting that when we're in conversation with people about God and it's just God and you're talking and it's great and it's awesome but then the moment that you mention the word Jesus some people get offended and tonight I want to bring that like conversation to your awareness that I truly believe your soul either has to make a decision. Jesus is God or he's not. Because we, we believe that he is. And here, here's the thing. Like, you don't have to believe that to belong here. I just, I really do believe you're going to be missing out in a life of beauty and of wonder. Because once you can realize that Jesus is the creator of your soul, I believe everything changes. I believe it changes the game. And so there's this, uh, this word supreme. Supreme is like a, uh, it's like a clothing company, right? And it's like super elite and you can look up the definition and Webster's will pull it up and the dictionary will pull it up and it's, it's a very high quality, but it's also the highest ranking. There's no, there's no ranking or person or, or status above the word supreme. And so I wanna talk to you guys tonight about the idea, not so much the idea, but that the, the, the perspective and the understanding that Jesus is in fact supreme over creation. He's supreme over you. He's supreme over, over me. He's supreme over the entirety of the world. And if I'm being honest, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a tough conversation because I remember, I'll never forget this. There's times where I'm in like moods. A lot of times I just want to be chill and happy and awesome. Like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, God loves you. But like sometimes I know the God that they're referring to isn't Jesus. But I'll still say, yeah, you know, God loves you. He's, he's amazing. But, like, I'm talking about a different God than he is or she is. And I'll never forget, you know, so how sometimes you have those people that go around the house and they knock on the door. And they're really nice and they're awesome. They have, like, all these pamphlets. And, and they want to talk to you about, about God. And I was just feeling a little different, like, this particular day. And, and uh, 
Because sometimes it's like, you know, I, that's so awesome, but not like, oh, that's not for me. But I just was, because I wanted to know, like, why, why don't you believe that God is Jesus? And I remember they were quoting scripture. And I was like, you, you believe in the Bible? They're like, yeah, we believe in the Bible. Like, and I'm like, okay, so you believe in Jesus. We believe Jesus is a great prophet. Oh, you believe Jesus is a great prophet. And then I, 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 just, I just was like, well, but Jesus said no one comes to the Father but through me. Like, that's pretty deep. That's pretty heavy. That, what, what he's saying is, if you want to have access to God, you have to go through me. And we talked about last week that Jesus, we're talking about the DNA of God. It's specifically Jesus, right? And Jesus, we talked about the first week that Jesus is a human being. That separates everything. There's no other God that has come down to earth and that has lived a life as a human. That has, you can't say Jesus doesn't know how you feel. You can't say Jesus doesn't know your pain or your brokenness. He does. He walked this life as a human being. And you could say, but that's awesome. Well, he, we also talked about him being a rabbi and a teacher. We're going to talk about Jesus being a shepherd and Jesus being a miracle worker. But this changes the game. This conversation tonight. Here's the passage of scripture. Before we give it, it's, it's, we're in the book of Colossians. It's, I'm going to be in Colossians verses 15 um, to 20, and then we're going to pause, and then we're going to go to verses 21 to 23. <clears throat> but I, ha I have to give you like the historical background, because it's really important that we understand this. But mind you, it's not like, yes, it was millennia ago, 2,000 years ago, 60 AD to be particular, but don't think just because it was that far away that we're not dealing with the same thing. There are real life people that still were alive that experienced Jesus as a human being and Jesus is a miracle worker. They saw Jesus being risen from the dead. They encountered him. There was men like Thomas that was like, oh my gosh, yes, I see your scars. You really are the Messiah. This portion of time of, of, of scripture in Colossians, there were still people that knew who Jesus was and that walked with him and talked with him. But there was this, this false teaching going around. And Paul the Apostle, he's establishing churches, but this particular place of Colossae, he didn't establish as a church. There was a man named Epaphras, or Epaphras. It's kind of an interesting name. But theologians would argue that he grew up in this city. He lived there. It was like Sammy growing up and living in Chino and starting a church and then having a mentor send me a letter talking about, hey, I know things are going on. I've heard. Timothy has let me know. I've heard. Paul right now is in jail. He's in Rome in a jail and he's writing letters. And he writes this letter to the church of Colossae, which I believe he's also writing to us. And he's saying, hey, take heed. There's some false teaching going around. The false teaching was, you can, you can worship angels. Like, I, didn't know, I don't know if you knew that, but you could worship angels. Like, oh, this whole Jesus thing, yeah, Jesus is great. We know we heard about him. Yes, he died. on, But, like, Jesus isn't God. And there's these false teachings that's going around in the church at Colossae. And so Paul, I, I really do, I think he puts on his boxing gloves in this passage of scripture. Not only is it a statement of the doctrine of Jesus, but it's also a statement of like praise. When I read this, my soul wants to praise Jesus. And so we're going to read it tonight. Well, but what I was trying to say was like, it's important to know this. Yes, it was so long ago, but this is still coming against you today. If you believe and Jesus, if you believe in God, this very false teaching would couple itself with Christianity. 
Like, no, we're Christians. There, imagine there were people walking around in the city saying, we, we believe, like, we're Christians. But, like, when you got to the nitty-gritty, they didn't, they, they didn't believe that Jesus was God. There was also another false teaching going around of Gnosticism. Gnosticism is a belief that the, the, the actual body, like, is, is disgusting. It's horrible. It's not amazing. It's like the spirit is what's more important. That's why there was such an issue with the life of Jesus because he was a human being. He had a physical body and his physical body was on a cross and died and it was his blood and it was his body that changed humanity. So of course, Gnosticism would push this away. So we're, we're living in a time, if you look at 60 AD, where there's a big issue going around. But I would still say that's, just, that's the same today. Every day we're being bombarded with the reality that Jesus isn't in fact God. There's things that can become king over your life other than Jesus. There's ideologies and perspectives. There's different readings and there's, there's palm readings. But yet we're coupled with Christianity. There's, there's conversations about how good God is, but yet it's coupled with other different ideologies. And so Paul is speaking not only to the church at Colossae, but he's talking to us. He's saying, you have, if you miss this, you miss the beauty and the wonder and the power of Jesus. So this is what the passage says. And I'm going to use it because Paul uses, he uses a lot of uh, a lot of pronouns, he, him, he, him. I'm just going to make it, a I'm going to put like a little twist on it. And every time you read hear him, it's going to be Jesus. Because that's, Paul was so methodical. He was, he was an incredible writer. So we're going to read it as such. So verse 15 says, the son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all of creation. For in Jesus, like, <laughs> this is so powerful. So I'm, I'm gonna try to like slow down because like this is amazing and I love this and I don't wanna geek out and it's like all theological. But like you have to, is it up there? The son is the image of the invisible God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, that was John. So Paul's using some interesting language. Sorry, JC, I'm geeking out, bro. <laughs> Jesus, for in Jesus all things were created, okay? Things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, shout all things. All things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. Paul is making a statement. He's saying, in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, he's, and then it, 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 it like switches and says, let us make God Make them in our image. Let us. So that was God. And who else was it? Who's the us? We talked about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was there. And Jesus was there too. Jesus is with the Father. He's with the Spirit. And he's seeing, And the, Paul is saying that, that Jesus is God. So he was there in the beginning of creation. He was there when everything was formed. Not only was he there, but it was created for him and through him. That's pretty deep stuff. Verse 17, I hope I'm there. I don't know if I'm there. Oh, thank you so much, Brandon. You're awesome. Verse 17, Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. I want to pause right there because this is, like, so amazing. <laughs> like, it really is. And I know I've said it, like, a hundred times, but it really, this is so crazy. So I believe that 
we're talking about the DNA of God, and, and God has a funny sense of humor. I, th- this didn't come from me. I'm not claiming that this is mine. I, I was ta- like searching the different conversations of the book of Colossians, or, of Colossians, and I found this, and I was like, whoa, we're talking about the DNA. I have to talk about this. Look at that verse. I believe it's verse 18 or 17. Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus, all things hold together. You see that that. That sentence, all things hold together. So basically, Jesus created humanity, and everything that holds together is because of Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. Now check this out. There's, there's, a, there's a biological, scientific, DNA molecule that's in your body. You can look it up. It's crazy. The word is laminin. L-A-M-I-N-I-N. Laminin. Here's what laminin does. Don't don't put up the image first because this is, I I got a preference this. Laminin is in your body. It's a DNA molecule in your body. Check this out for all the science majors, biology majors. This is crazy. Laminin is basically, in in other words, it's glue that holds the main parts of your body together. If laminin wasn't in your body, your skin would be like fizzling out. Your organs wouldn't be like held together. Like, this is that powerful. So I wrote some, some interesting things. And do your own science, scientific due diligence on this, please. Laminin holds your cells together, is part of the structure to almost every tissue of an organism in your body, and it provides stability and strength to cells. Now, then this picture popped up. Look at, look at what laminin is, what it looks like in a biological DNA form, if it's gonna be on the screen. No, no, the other one, the other one, the other one. That's one's cool. What is that? Okay, now I know I could be over like, wow, Sammy, okay. But check this out. Check this out. I, I, this is, this is what, what preachers and teachers would call an illustration to drive a point. Science says that this is all throughout your body. This is what's holding your body together. And now I understand that I could be like really like pushing the point, but isn't that crazy that every part of your body, whether you believe in Jesus or not, the sign of the cross is inside of you. So, so well, why is that so important and what's the point? Well, Jesus created you. It's, he's already in you. He already has his, his stamp on you, in you, through you, and everything of who you are is already worshiping Jesus. You just don't even know it. It's already in you. Isn't that crazy that the, the stamp and symbol that Jesus used in humanity was a cross? The cross represented the blood that was shed. The cross, why is that so important? It was the cross that represented a death that had to take place so that Jesus could step in your way. He could take your debt. He could take your sin. He could take your abuse, your brokenness, your issues, your problems, and he would put it on himself And he does it for a reason, and Paul paints it in a very interesting theological way. Oh, show that other picture. This is what it actually looks like in your body, like all over the place. Isn't that crazy? I thought that was pretty cool. So in verse verse, uh, 18, and, and now it says Jesus is the head of the body, the church. So Jesus oversees the church. Sammy isn't the 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 main guy of the church, it's Jesus. 
Jesus oversees it. Jesus used the church to do his greatest work. It was through the church that Jesus would, would, would have his greatest movement. Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything, Jesus might have the supremacy. Do you see what Paul's trying to say? He's supreme. He's beyond. He's bigger. He's better. He's above it all. There's no one that competes. Hey, to all the people at Colossae that's saying that Jesus isn't God, make sure that you read this out loud in the city. Make sure, church, that you understand this because there's a lot of false teaching going around that's saying that there's other gods and we can worship. No, it's Jesus. He is supreme. For God was pleased. This is like the biggest right hook that Paul could use to the false teachers. Verse 19. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. So there's two main things that Paul's talking about. He's saying that the world was created and Jesus created it. Jesus is supreme over all creation. And then there's this, this, this Adam-like figure that's talked about all throughout the passages of Paul. He's using old perspective and new perspective. So he'll use language like Adam, or allusions to Adam. Now, Adam was created in the beginning, right? But Adam messed it all up for us. Adam did not do what he was supposed to do. He fell, he messed up, and then Jesus had to come and fix all that he did. So theologians and Paul would say, Adam was the first creation, Jesus was the second creation. Jesus was the one who fulfilled what Adam was actually supposed to do. Adam was tested and he failed. Jesus was tested in the wilderness and he didn't fail. So there's this comparison and there's this really deep, rich understanding that Paul's trying to paint here. But what he says is so incredibly important for us for right here, right now. It says that Jesus oversees the church. He's the body of the church. And what he did is he reconciled the world that he created to himself. He did that by stepping in and being a human being. And the way that he reconciled the world is he had to die on a cross. He had to shed some blood. He had to allow his, your pain to be put on his body so that you are now reconciled with Christ. But not just Christ, like God. You're reconciled with God. And the reason why this changes everything is because you have to ask yourself then, Here's the question, the philosophical question that I believe Paul has already answered. Who am I and what am I called to do? Paul answers that for us. You're created by Jesus and you're called to live for Jesus. Those are the, I believe if everyone would fall under that and, and that looks, we don't have to get over spiritual. Like you don't have to wake up in the morning and like be praying every single hour like your hands crossed like this. That's not what that means. What Paul is saying, what the scriptures is saying, what we're trying to say, what the Bible's trying to say is we are to live our life for Jesus. That means when I go in the grocery store, that when I talk to people on the street and in the coffee shop, when I hang out with people, when I'm spending time with my family, when I'm just doing life, it is always in reflection of who Jesus is. The reason this changes everything because if Jesus is God, who he claims to be, then everything in what Jesus has done, I must abide by. 
Like this changes everything. If you really do believe that Jesus is God, we must live like Jesus did then. I want to know everything. Show me all the red writing in the passages of the Gospels. I want to do everything Jesus did because the creator of the universe, the one that knew me, that created me and reconciled me to him, that, that God that we didn't have to find but he found us, that's what that reconcile, reconcile means to make right. So I don't know about you, but I know like, like we're dirty. We're not like, we're not clean people. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, like we don't got it all together. And we mess up and we make mistakes and we gossip and we bicker and we argue and we just like, ah, we're like that. That's like who we are. That's the first Adam in us. Does that make sense? The Adam that Jesus, that God created, he messed up. So the creator of the universe had to step in human form to reconcile the universe back to him. This is some heavy teaching, y'all. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> it's so important that we understand then, if Jesus could do it, we could do it. If Jesus lived his life in such a way, so can we. But I then have to understand and know, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, side note, James and Nelson are preaching next week. <laughs> They're preaching. Next week, right? Next week. <clears throat> and so I'll let them do what they need to do. For, I don't want to give it away, but it's going to be good. And, and one of the conversations James and I have been having that changed our life, changed my life. In, in regards to how I viewed church or how I viewed, I thought it was religion. I thought it was like a clock in, clock out thing. What changed it for me was grace. I just don't think we've talked about that enough here. But James and Nelson are going to do that for us. But know this. Know this. Grace changes everything. That's what, that's what reconciliation does. Like, God doesn't have to, like, fix you. God, God didn't have to do that. God, Jesus didn't have to go on a cross and take all your pain. He didn't have to do that. And notice this. Let's go like 60 AD. The other gods would think this Jesus was weak. He loves you. What's, what's, he, he should have pity on you. The God of Athens, the God of the sea, the God of Poseidon, the, the goddess of Aphrodite. Like how silly your God has mercy on you. But Jesus comes in and he flips the script. And he shows grace and he shows mercy and he shows love and he shows compassion and he comes in in human form. The supremacy of God is Jesus. Verse 21 says this, once, once, I know there's people in this room, I know for me, I was a once guy. There was, there was once a time that I just, I was so messed up in my life, in my perspective. I went to church. I clocked in, clocked out. I like believed the Bible, but it wasn't a part of my heart. It was up here and not here. I would go to school. I would do my thing. The weekend would come. I would like mess up knowing I was going to mess up. And then I'd ask God to forgive me. And I was abusing grace. It wasn't a heart thing for me. There was once though. One, and I, I believe there's people, I, I know you, you were like a once person. 
You were on the side that you didn't know Jesus. You didn't know his love and his mercy and his compassion and his grace. There's some of you right now, you're on the side of once, but you still believe that he's like cowering over you with, the, with an angry, ugly brow, and he's upset with every little thing, and he's watching you. That's not Jesus. Like, read the gospel, please. If all you do is just read the red words, you'll get who Jesus is and who he established himself to be in the kingdom he created. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. I, there, there are people that, that have not come to the understanding and realization that God is supreme, that Jesus is over it all. There's people, that's why I'm so passionate about what we get to do. Because when someone comes that does not know Jesus, when someone comes and they're in their pain and their brokenness and they get to step into the reconciliation of what God has already created for them and they get to step into his grace and his mercy, I love seeing the light bulb go on of the once. Hey, that was once, girl. That, that, that stuff that happened in the past, you don't have to live in that and through that anymore. Hey, hey, hey bro, I, I know like, I know it's hard and you got those friends and they just like keep texting you and they want you to go there. Like, hey, that's, there was a once, a mindset, an ideology, a philosophical expression of your own life to push away God. But, but now you're in the fullness of who God is. This is where it's amazing. You were once alienated. We were all once alienated from God, separated from God. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Please don't miss this. This is really bad if you miss this. I did a horrible job if you missed this part. Here it is. It says, but he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death he died his body. He did something with his body to present you holy in his sight. God's sight. Jesus died and now it literally says he was created in you and for you and through you. In you and through you. There's that, that, light, that language there. So literally this is, this is what's happening. You were created. God created you through Jesus. The scripture says that you are the imago Dei. The image of God. Let's create humanity in our image. There we are. Here we are. We are in Jesus though. Not only are we in Jesus, we're in God. For those that claim Christ, you're in the spirit too. It's in you. That's why it's so powerful. So when Jesus says, when God says, I do not, I see you without blemish, without accusation. I see you as holy. He's not seeing you. He's seeing Jesus. That's why it changes everything. That's why you have to be okay when you mess up because you will. Because it's his grace, it's his mercy, it's his love. It's all the laminate in your body that already screams out. Jesus is king and Jesus is supreme. And so I am no longer alienated from God. I'm reconciled to God. Verse 23, if. Say if. If. We could miss this one. He says, if, Church of Colossae, Church of Coin, if you continue in your faith 
and it's established and firm because, man, the, the, like it's going to come from the north, south, east, west. People are going to say you're crazy. People saying Kanye's crazy. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to say you're not a real Christian. You don't really dress nice or like the people at church do. You're not a real Christian. You talk a certain way. You're not a real Christian. You're cussing all the time. You're not a real Christian. You don't know the Bible like I know the Bible. You're not a real Christian. Be aware of those people that will tell you something that is not true. Or they might teach you another gospel. Like I know people in this room that told me they like went to this place and it was like some crazy stuff that was going on. And people like in the school were like letting them know, right? Not, not Justin, but yeah, it was crazy. Like there, it's out there, like different religions and faiths. And it's just you have to take heed. If it's not the gospel that Jesus preached, don't listen to it. If people are going to condemn you and mock you and make fun of you, don't listen to it. But continue in your faith. Keep it established and firm. Do not move from the hope held in the gospel. This is the gospel. Worship team, you guys can come on up. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. There's a passage in scripture. It, like, it kind of all came to me once I was studying this. There's a passage in scriptures in the book of Romans. It says, and, 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 and Psalms will allude to this too. It says, creation cries out. Even if humanity won't cry out, if you won't cry out, creation will cry out. And it clicked in my head. When I go out and I feel the wind, the wind is crying out to God. Why? He created it. The wind knows more theology than we do. The trees know more theology than we do. The birds, the sky, everything around us, creation groans, the scripture says, for us to worship the creator, not just as rabbi, not just as shepherd, not just as human, not just as miracle worker, but as God. Jesus is supreme over everything. Amen? So here it is, in, in, in God's glory, in him God's glory dwells. Therefore Jesus is supreme over it all, over rulers and over dominions, over the visible and invisible, over the animate and inanimate, over the just and the unjust, over all of creation. He is supreme. So what does this mean for me? Once you were alienated from God, once you were alienated, this is it. If you don't, if you don't get anything out of tonight, other than Jesus Supreme, like, uh, like take heed of this, okay? Check this out. I asked Nelson to help me with an illustration because I, I had to give this passage in my actual like preaching class. So I had to do all this like studying and like the historical, wow, that's awesome. And some of it feels like so fluff because it's like, I wanna know how this changes my life. I can know it all up here, but if it's not here, like what does it even matter? Because you could know God and, and be so far from God. But it's gotta be here. Nelson helped me with this illustration, and we, we, we understand the word alienation, the word immigrant. There's people I know, there's friends I know that are still fighting for the, the chance to be citizens here in America. And it's scary, and it's ugly, and it's complex, and it's not a political statement, but it's just, it's devastating to, to know that there's someone that doesn't belong, but you do. To know there's, there's people around us that doesn't really have, like, a home, so to speak, and that at any moment something could change and it's just taken away. And I get that. And there's like theological, not theological, political ramifications to that. I, that's not my point. 
my point is there, there, were, there was a moment when all of us, for the once, all of us were alienated from the kingdom of God. Man, you, you, were, so, you were working for God. You were trying to do whatever you needed to do to get into the kingdom of God. You were fighting for it. You were arguing with it. You were trying to save up all you could save. You were trying to pay a debt that like you needed to pay. But Paul uses this language that is so perfect for us. You were once alienated, but now you don't have to be because Jesus is supreme over it all. He's reconciled you. He loves you. He doesn't see you with blemish or accusation. He sees you as holy only because Jesus is in you. And this changes everything. So your soul has to ask that question tonight. When you go home, tomorrow, the next day, three things. Either Jesus was a lunatic, either he was just crazy, like, like crazy. And the Bible has no, like, conversation of him being crazy. There would have been other books about him being crazy, running around like demon-possessed. He was not. He wasn't a lunatic. Or he was a liar. People could argue that. No, he was a liar. Okay, well, then that's for you and God to find out. He, he was either a lunatic, he was either a liar, or he claimed to be who he was, and he was God. That's the conversation you and your soul have to have. Because it, it, you can't get away from it. You have to ask yourself. You have to search. You have to fight for it. Is Jesus God? If Jesus is God, then it changes everything. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you. And we just ask, oh God, that you would speak to the depths of our, of our heart, Father, in, in this conversation of, of you being God. Father, I know you as God. I know you as my Abba, as my Father, as my Savior, as my King. I know you as the one that will redeem my soul and fight for me and fight for me. I know you not just as a rabbi or as a teacher. I know you as my God. And Father, I pray for every person in this room that struggles with that, that's fighting for that, that you would speak to the depths of their soul. And if there's any person in this room that would just say, hey, I, I believe this, man, I want that. I want to live my life for Jesus. I believe he is who he claims to be. If that's you in this room and you just would say, I, I want to give my life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand so I can see you? If there's, any, if there's anyone else that just says, I, I just want to give my life to Jesus. And maybe it's the first time you've ever done it. I just want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for every person that they would cry out, that they would speak to you, that they would have conversation with you, that they would know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Speak to their soul, oh God, and move in their life and move in their heart and move in their day-to-day interactions with people, Father. Let it be a true transformation of heart. We give you tonight. We thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship tonight. Jesus is overall. He is powerful. 